You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Good afternoon. Let me try that again. Good afternoon. Great to see you. Uh, my name is Martin, along with Esther, with uh, the pastors here. Uh, seeking to serve this community with a great ch- uh, team here at church. And if you're new among us, simply want to extend my welcome to you. Great to have you among us, and we pray that you would feel at home here. Well, I'm going to dive straight in today. The title of my message is New Day. Can we all say New Day? New Day, when God prepares you for what is next. You know, some of us might sense, like these interns, I'll refer to them in a moment, coming into a new day, a new season. Sometimes life itself uh, changes chapter and and something different happens. Maybe the start of a new job or a new school year or, you know, maybe you're you're heading off to university soon or something like that. And, And in those moments, we can remember and sense that it's a new day, it's a new chapter. Uh, Our next door neighbors on Friday moved out. Friends of ours, sorry to see them go. And a new family moved in. A young couple with a a two-year-old girl and a a little boy due in any any moment now. And they moved in. uh, You know, she uh, just heavily pregnant. And I know for them, this this is a new day. They're always going to remember September, October 2019, where they moved house and their second child was born. They're in a new season, a new chapter. And this can very much happen in our lives, but I've also come to know that God is always at work. God is always seeking to do a new thing in us and through us, even when the external surroundings and circumstances of our lives may be the same, that God is still looking to do something new. So the Bible says in Isaiah 43, forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. See, I'm doing a new thing. This is the God that we serve. I've I've come to know that if my heart is open towards Him, He's always looking to do something new and fresh in me and through me. And my job is to respond to that and yield to that. It was a new day when Israel crossed over the Red Sea. It was a new day when they entered into the Promised Land. It was a new day when the Word became flesh and the angels sang on the shepherd's hillside. It was a new day when Jesus broke out of the tomb. It was a new day for Peter when Jesus called him and said, I will make you a fisher of men. It was a new day for Zacchaeus when Jesus went to his house for dinner and he was changed forever. It was a new day for the cripple at the temple gate when Peter and John looked at him and said, Silver and gold we have not, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Everything changed in that moment. There can be those red-letter days in our lives, but also we can work in the seasons and know that God is not a static God. The Bible says the kingdom is coming. The kingdom is forcefully advancing. And men and women of a violent or forceful spirit lay hold of it. And I want to tell you today, God is doing a new work in you. Whether you perceive it, back to the Isaiah 43 scripture, he says, do you not perceive it. And often I think we don't perceive it, but God is looking to do something new in us and through us. God always has a what's next. He has a what's next for you. For these interns 
tomorrow. They'll arrive here at 9 o'clock in the morning, and Tracy will be on hand to greet them and welcome them. And they have a full day mapped out. They have no idea yet what they are about to step into, what they have signed up for, but all will be revealed. And it is a new day. It is a new season. They step into something new. They're aware for some of them, new accommodation and, and a new season of life. But the truth is, God is going to do something in them and through them in a new day. God is at work in us. And of course, there are many places in the Bible we could turn to as we consider new day. But over the summer, reading through Genesis, I felt the Lord speak to me through the story of Noah. That God was doing something new in that day. This, this story that many of us became familiar with as children, this or children's story of the animals going in two by two. But actually, it's, it's not a children's story at all. It's a story of judgment. It's a story of corruption on the earth and, and God being, being so distraught by what had happened that he takes this decision to, to start over, finding one blameless man, Noah. The Bible says at that time on the earth, every inclination of the human heart was only evil all the time, and God's heart was deeply troubled. What a sobering scripture. What a sobering backdrop. And in it, God comes to work in Noah and through Noah to bring a new day. And as I looked at the story through that lens, I recognized components because I've been on this road as a follower of Jesus long enough to know the seasons of God doing something new in me and through me. And how God tends to work in the preparation and in the process and the leading out and the changing seasons of our lives. And in bringing this word today, my prayer is that for some here might get a fresh grasp and context for what God is doing in your life. Because sometimes things can go on and they... They appear circumstantially around us, and we have not yet understood that God is at work. And sometimes through the, the bringing of His Word, we can understand, ah, this is what is happening, and I now have a context for what is going on and how God is at work and how I should respond in this season, and also that it might encourage some of us to fully embrace His purpose and His working, whether it feels like new day for you or not that we might understand this is how God works. He wants to do a new thing in us and through us. I'd like us to notice four things about this story of Noah. And the first is this, the cause demands a cost. The cause demands a cost. There was a new day coming in the earth. God was returning, if you will, humanity to factory settings. The corruption had become so great. There was a new day, a new era about to break forth on the earth. But there was a cost associated, and not only the cost of, of destruction, but there was a cost to Noah. And I want to tell you that if you want God to do something new in your life, there will always be a cost. If you want to step into the new thing that God has for you, there will always be a cost associated. Because God is working to a cause, His purpose in our lives, but it costs. And to Noah, there was a cost. Genesis chapter 6 we're not going to read the whole story of Noah. It's about 100 verses over four chapters, but we're going to pull out some key portions of this story here today. This is Genesis 6, breaking in at verse 9. The Bible says, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted 
their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you're to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, 30 cubits high. Given that we don't, we don't tend to measure in cubits these days, that's, that's 135 meters long, 23 meters wide, 40 meters high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth and destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has the breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You're to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female. Keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, every kind of animal, every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you. They will come to you and be kept alive. What a thought. You're to take every kind of food that's to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah, the Bible says, did everything just as God commanded. I, I want to try and help us understand the scale of this assignment. Can you imagine God coming to you and saying, I want, and I don't know if he had carpentry skills before this, if the Holy Spirit tutored him in the process. But can you imagine God coming to you and saying, I want you to do this. I want you to make an ark that is 135 meters long, 23 meters wide and 40 meters high with a, a, a middle and an upper and a lower deck. I want you to uh, get food for you and for them for over a year. And every kind of creature is going to come to you. Hello? There's a replica in Kentucky uh, of uh, like a, a scaled replica of Noah's Ark that I think we can see. You can understand a little bit of the scale of this. And then he says, pitch, pitch it, you know, paint it with tar inside and out to ensure it is waterproof. Can you imagine preparing for that? Can you imagine the assignment, the, the cost, the, the time, the complexity, the engineering? Can you imagine the humiliation and the misunderstanding maybe in your family? I don't know if you've ever taken a decision to do something for God and people around you haven't really understood it. You know, I don't know any of these interns. I remember sometimes when I've taken a decision to step out and do something for God, many people around my life have not understood it, the journey of faith. Can you imagine the ridicule potentially for Noah? There was a cost. God was preparing him the new day, let me tell you, there are no great victories at bargain prices. If you want God to do something new in you, it's always going to cost. Can you imagine trying to build this thing? You know, I don't know if you've ever been to Ikea and bought some flat pack furniture and got home and, and opened it up and got all the pieces out and checked that all the, the screws and the widgets and the little bits, that they're all there and the numbers that they say and, and then you're following it through. And then you assemble it and you finish and you think you're amazing. Let me tell you, this was no flat pack operation. You can't hide that in your back garden. But when God wants to do something new, 
it will always cost us. Some of you will recognize this man, Steve Smith, who is single-handedly dominating the Ashes. I don't know if, you're, if any of you are cricket fans here. I'm not the biggest cricket fan, but I like to follow the Ashes. When England play the Ashes, it's this, this long-standing grudge match between England and Australia. And this Australian batsman is dominating the Ashes. We can't bowl him out. But if you actually read up or hear about Steve Smith, when he was a boy, he was obsessive. He would just, he'd get his dad to bowl at him. He'd say, bowl at me, bowl at me, bowl at me, hour after hour after hour. And his dad was a great bowler and could, could do leg breaks. And I, I'm not, I don't know all the terms, but, but all the different types of bowls. And he'd practice, practice, practice. When his dad went to work, there was a, a ball suspended uh, on a rope in the garage that Steve Smith would swing at and swing at. And, and his dad had to board up the ceiling because the ceiling of the garage was being destroyed. There's a cost. This guy actually had a, a ban for 16 months for ball tampering. Some of you know about that. But then that decision when his world fall apart and, and fell apart and he's humiliated, that decision to not give up, to face his critics, to go out against the jeers, to, to prepare for a new day, it always costs something. You never find the, the gold medal athletes. You find those are the ones that train on Christmas Day when no one else is training. Because they have a dream. And let me tell you, if you want, you want to realize everything God has for you, there's going to be a cost. It's how it works. There is a price. Well, for our, our four interns, embracing the, the call of God and responding to the leading of God to do this year. But as you heard from Esther, there's a cost. Now, Obadiah and Dara going to their bosses at work and, uh, and saying, can we please go part-time? We want to reduce our hours. I want to free up three or four days a week to serve my church. Being misunderstood. You know, they're the here uh, for, for Lewis and Elizabeth as they've graduated from university and could have gone on to graduate jobs, but serving for a year, it costs. There's always a cost where there's a cause. The greatest cause ever, King Jesus comes for the salvation of every person to reconcile men to God and pays the greatest price that has ever been paid, the laying down of his sinless, perfect life. And he brings forth the greatest new day that has ever bring, bring, been brought forth as he burst out of the tomb, raised from the dead, victorious over sin and the grave, and brings for you and for me new resurrection life and power, salvation and reconciliation. But with new day, there's a cost. And with you, with new day, there is always a cost. For us collectively as a church, as we continue by the grace of God to step into all that He has for us in a new season, it always costs. This week, as we gather to pray and fast, to press into God, to seek Him, it will cost us our time and our gifts and our finance to to lay hold of what God has. There's never a new day without a cost. The cause brings it forth, and so it is in your life. God is doing a new thing in you. God is stirring something in you to lead you into what he has for you. There will always be a cost associated with that. The second thing I'd like us to notice is that expansion follows constriction. Constriction meaning limitation and constraint. It's how God works. Out of constriction comes expansion. 
And we'll see near the end of the story, but we find in chapter 9, God leads Noah out of the ark, and it's a new day. And there's increase and multiplication and fruitfulness, and something incredible opens up through Noah, but not before God has shut him in. And this is how God works with us. The Bible says, Genesis chapter 7, on that very day, verse 13, Noah and his sons Shem, Ham, Japheth, together with his wife and the wives of his three sons entered the ark. They had with them every wild animal according to its kind, all livestock according to their kinds, every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, everything with wings. Pairs of all creatures that have breath of life came to Noah and entered the ark. The animals going in were male and female of every living thing as God commanded Noah. But notice this, it says, then the Lord shut him in. Or another rendition, and the Lord closed the door. You know, we love to preach about God the door opener, don't we? And God is the door opener. He's the way maker. Streams in the desert, away in the wasteland. He's the one who opens. See, I set before you a door that no man can shut. This is who God is. He's a way maker. He's a door opener. But he's also sometimes a door closer. And we have to understand, sometimes before the door opens, the door closes. Sometimes before he leads us out, he hems us in. For Joseph, before he went to Pharaoh's palace as prime minister, the prison door clunked shut behind him. This is how God often works. We see Jesus himself saying before the laying down of his old life, and unless a seed, a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it falls to the ground and dies, it becomes many seeds, something of a dying in order to bring forth resurrection. It's the same story. It's the same way of how God works. And I want to say in your life, if he's bringing you through to a new day, he may be putting you through a season of constriction, a time of restraint. There'll be some people here today that like, you are going through constriction in your life. It may be that there are areas of your life that are expanding. You could be ex succeeding at work, but you know spiritually or emotionally God is doing something in you, holding you and hemming you in. The Lord shut the door. But let me also tell you the good news. The Bible says, but God remembered Noah. I need someone to hear today. The Lord remembers you. Some of you, you are in a season of constriction and constraint and limitation. You're believing for the door to open. You may be holding on to the promise of God. Uh, but right now it feels as though the Lord has shut the door and hasn't yet opened the door. But I want to tell you, He remembers you. He sees you in that place. He is mindful of you. He watches over you. But in the place of constriction is where God does His deepest work. He prepares us for new day. Can someone say amen? It's in the place of constriction that He prepares us for a new day. It's how he works. In the olive press comes forth oil. In the furnace, some things are forged and refined. In the pressing comes forth new wine. It's the same story. You read it throughout the Bible. It's how God works. There's only one way a man of God is made and a woman of God is made. And it is in the pressing. And it is in the constriction. And if you're in a season of constriction, I want to tell you God is preparing you for new day. 
Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't run away. Don't try and escape. Don't force your own way out. Don't try and find a window. Let God do in you what he wants to do in this season so you are ready when he opens the door to walk out and respond to what he has for you. This is how God works. This is how God works in our lives. I remember the three years before we came here to to Coventry was a season of pressing and a season of testing. A season of disorientation in some ways and confusion. And not all was bad. There was a sense of God testing our hearts. To the point where we say, Lord, if you want us to stay here where we are for the rest of our lives and just serve, we will do that because we're your servants. And the Lord hemmed us in before he opened a door. And then a phone call I was not expecting for us to come and be part of this church that we didn't know. CLM didn't know us and we didn't know CLM. But God ordered a new day. But I look back on that time, three years of pressing, three years of constriction, and I would not be without it for a moment. Because in that season, God prepared me. In that season, God did something deep that can only happen in the place of constraint. Never try and run away from the time of constraint because God does his deepest work there. He prepares us in that place for the new day. The third thing I'd like us to notice here today is the new day requires a new mindset. Can we say new mindset? If you're entering into a new day, I want to tell you you're going to need a new mindset. A new day requires a new mindset. We look at this story It's my conviction that Noah misses an opportunity. I could be reading too much into this, and the Bible doesn't spell it out as such. But I want us to notice the order of something here. It says in chapter 7, verse 7, that Noah and his sons, notice that, Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark. Three times we're told this is how they went in, Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives. I want to understand that in the years that had preceded this, a patriarchal society coming out of the fall had been developed on the earth. But the Bible says in creation that God created the male and female. And then God, as the the flood covers the earth and there comes the time for them to come out of the ark, God says to Noah, this is chapter 8, verses 15 16, come out of the ark. Notice the order here, you and your wife, and your sons, and your sons' wives. So they went in, Noah and his sons, and his wife, and his sons' wives, but God says, I want you to come out, you and your wife, and your sons, and your sons' wives. I could be pushing it too far, but it occurs to me that God is looking in a new day for a new mindset. That something maybe that has been lost in the fall is regained in this moment, and yet this is what we read a chance for realignment and recalibration. But in verse 18, it says, So Noah, notice this came out together with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives. And my proposition here today is that potentially Noah brought an old mindset into a new day. And some things that could have been recovered were not recovered until Jesus came. This is what the Bible says. I'm aware that this could be a distraction for some of us, particularly some of the ladies in the room. But here's the good news. Galatians chapter 3 that says, for you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus. 
For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. You are all one. Can we say one? You're one in Christ Jesus. But I wonder if we can leave that, that detour aside for a moment. If you want to study in your own time, do. But understand the principle I'm trying to draw out for us here today, which is this, that a new day requires a new mindset. Sometimes what can happen is we move into a new day and we carry with us an old mindset. And the new day is never the fullness of what God has for us. It's the same with Israel at Gilgal in Joshua chapter 5 where something is on them. The mindset of slavery from Egypt and a whole generation that hasn't been circumcised in the wilderness. And they are, they've crossed over the Jordan River. Jericho is in view. They're about to go in and take the promised land. And God brings a word and says, stop right there. And take your flint knives out and circumcise the generation. And they do it in obedience to God. And they renew covenant with God. And God says, see, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Something was on them that God wanted to remove from them. A new day required a new mindset. And the reproach of Egypt needed to be rolled away before they could go in. And sometimes we can have the words of yesterday... The accusation of yesterday, the small-mindedness, the self-consciousness of our own selves. And God leads us into a new day. And if we don't remove from us and allow Him to remove from us, we're in danger of carrying an old mindset into a new day and not stepping into what God has for us. But by grace in God, through the Holy Spirit, He will enable us to have a new mindset for a new day. I remember... A season in my life as a, a young man coming back from university and being part of a group of friends. And some of you heard me talk about this because it was a game-changing moment for me. It was a new day season for me. And I was part of a group of friends in church that sat near the back and, and weren't, weren't the most passionate for Jesus. But in my heart, I, I didn't want to be that. I wanted to be all out, sold out, surrendered for Jesus. I remember God speaking to me from Mark chapter 4. Where Jesus is, is in the storm and the story begins in Mark 4, leaving the crowd behind. They took Jesus along just as he was. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me from that little simple phrase, leaving the crowd behind. He says, if, you, if you're going to see Jesus like they saw Jesus, you're going to need to leave the crowd behind. I remember making a decision. I didn't want to leave my friends behind. I didn't want to rubbish them. I wasn't trying to sever any ties, but I knew I needed a new mindset for a new day. I remember attending all the prayer meetings, readying myself to pray out when I didn't feel ready or strong enough or confident enough to do so. I remember coming sitting on the second row because I just needed to get a bit nearer the front. I needed to make some shifts. A new day can re require a new mindset. I want to encourage you if you're entering into a new season to say, God, what do I need to see differently? Help me to think as you think and see as you see in this new day. God, let's move into a new season, a new chapter, a new place. And, and without stopping to take stock and say, God, you've turned the chapter with me here. What do you want me to see and do differently? Because God's doing a new thing in you. Preparing you for a new day. And finally, I'd like us to notice that the process leads to increase. There's always a challenge, a cost. There's always constriction. 
in getting into new seasons, often pain and almost always opposition. New mindsets are needed, but with new day comes new increase, new fruit, new impact, new influence. Genesis 9, verses 1 to 3 and 7, the Bible says, God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. The fear and dread of you will fall on all the beasts of the earth and on the birds in the sky and every creature that moves along the ground, all the fish of the sea, they are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves about will be food for you, just as I've given you the green plants, I now give you everything. As for you, be fruitful and increase in number, multiply on the earth and increase upon it. And this is what happened. God leads us into a new season in order for there to be increase and new blessing. A new impact, a new influence. As God helps us as a church move into a new day, it's because he has got new people to reach. Hello? I don't know if you're awake today, but God has new people to reach. He has new people to add among us. People that don't know him yet are going to come to know him. God has a plan for our city and a plan in the earth and a plan on our university campuses to see a harvest of souls come to know him. And he wants to work in us and through us and bring a new day and a new season to increase and multiply because his kingdom is coming. And he wants us to be a part of it. In fact, we are his answer. We are the people he's been waiting for. His church, his bride, the ones that he calls and he uses. God doing a new thing. We're amazed and excited at the journey, what God has done here over the last several years. We went away earlier in the summer as ministry heads. Esther and myself, family, we've been here for seven years in Coventry, part of CLM, and we just took the chance to look back, amazed at what God has done. And I honor many of you that have been on the journey through, through the whole of that season and that time. And we see what God has done, but, but then we stopped and we said, Lord, if you've done this in the last seven years, what do you want to do in the next seven years? And it was, it was as if God gave us a glimpse through a divine window and we just started to speak out some of the things that we sense God himself might want to do that feel way beyond us but felt very much in step with the Holy Spirit. Will we recognize ourselves seven years from now? Because God is doing a new thing. He says, go and fill the earth. He wants your life to be fruitful, wants to use you and work in you and through you. My friends, when you reach that that period of new day, when you make some decisions to step into the new that God has, never be phased if people mail you at your old address. Let me say that again. Never be phased if people mail you at your old address. Sometimes we step into something new that God has, but people, they remember us how we were in the old place. And they treat us and speak to us as we were in the old place. But that's not who we are anymore because God has done a new thing. When we moved here to Coventry, people still posted us at our old address for a period of time. But they caught up. People will catch up. But God wants to do something through you. Blessing and fruitfulness. When the time of constriction has come, he'll, he leads us out into new venture. I want to prophesy over you if God is entering you into new season right now that you will be, as we heard last week, blessed to be a blessing. 
you will increase in impact and influence, that you will know multiplication. Sometimes we can feel daunted in the new day. Noah comes out of the ark, and, and there is no one else on the whole earth other than his family, and he says, go and fill the earth. Hello? Wouldn't you feel a bit small at that moment? Fill the earth. God puts his word and his seed deposits within us. For many of us, God's call on our lives is that we would go forth and bring his kingdom and his life to those around us. I wonder if the band could come up. I'd like to give us a chance to respond to this word in two ways. That firstly, there might be some of us here today and we know we're in a season of constriction. We're in a, a time of pressing. Like the Lord shut Noah in and he closed the door. And we might feel that in our lives, God is hemming us in. It's a period of preparation. You know, not everything was bad about that season. He had his family with him. He had the promise of God. He had the, the safety of God watching over him. And yet at another level, he was constrained. He was surrounded by, it must have been claustrophobic in the ark. If you're not a bird lover, like AJ, every possible kind of bird flying around in the ark. You know, in that time, God prepares us for new day. And some of you, you're in constriction at the moment. You identify with a season of limitation like the Lord shut the door. And I want to pray for you. Because this is these are the most important seasons of our lives. God is at work in that place of constriction and limitation. Sometimes it can be confusing. Now for Noah, before the tops of the mountains were revealed again, the, the tops of the mountains disappeared from sight. Everything that had once been familiar was no longer familiar for a moment. And sometimes we can even feel disorientated. Lord, have you forgotten me? What is going on here in the season of restriction? But God is doing a work there. He remembered Noah. And if that's you, I want to pray for you. I'm going to invite you simply to stand. I want to pray for you that you would navigate this season. Just stand now. If that's you, I want to pray in this season that you would know that God remembers you. Pray for God's work in you at this time. And if you're standing, I, I just encourage you just to close your eyes and open up your heart to Him. Really, the prayer in, at these times is to say, God, do in me everything you want to do in me in this season. Prepare me for a new day. And I thank you, Lord, every brother and every sister that stands in this moment, that you have them. I thank you that you remember them. I thank you that you are with them. I thank you, you smile over them. I thank you in the pain and the pressure. I thank you, God, that, that you are working in them. And I pray, God, that you would give everyone the grace for this season. For some of you, it's felt like it's been too long. I don't know how long Noah expected to be in that ark. It was... 13 months, and for some of you it's been a lot longer than 13 months, but I tell you, 13 months in that ark would have felt like a very, very, very long time. Some of you it's felt like too long. But I want you to know today that God sees you, and He remembers you. 
and in the pressing. He's at work in you. And I pray for every brother and every sister that stands in this moment, God, that you would do a work even now, that you would help them embrace this season and allow you to do something deep and beautiful, that your preparation would be unhindered and unfettered, that it would not need to be extended because their hearts are yielding and responding. But I thank you, Lord, you're preparing them for new days. So help them and encourage their hearts today. In your precious name, amen. Why don't you take your seat? The second group of people I'd love to pray with today are those that you know you are entering into new day. Maybe this is a new season right now. Some of you might have stood already, identify with both, but there are some you know you're in a new day right now. Maybe the circumstances of life are changing. Or maybe you just know God is bringing you out of one season and into another. And I'd like to pray with you. If that's you, I'm going to invite you to stand. I'm going to pray the blessing and favor of God as you enter new day. And if someone's standing near you, why don't you reach a hand out towards these precious people and begin to pray. If you're sat down and you know anything of the goodness and faithfulness of God, reach out to those that are near us. And I pray, God, for everyone that stands, that in this new season, Lord, your blessing and your favor would be upon everyone. That they would step out and step into everything, God, that you have for them. I pray, God, that you give new mindsets for new days. I pray, Lord, you would shake off and remove anything that, that has, comes from yesterday's paradigm. And you would help everyone to step in with new sight and new thinking, and new expectation. And I pray for increase, and multiplication, for fruitfulness, for influence. God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done through everyone. Let the new day be filled with new joy and new blessing, new fruitfulness. Go and fill the space that God leads you into. Go and lift up your head as a son and a daughter of God and occupy and fill the new day and fill the new space and allow God to do exceedingly abundantly over and above everything you've asked or imagined. Let the new day break forth new life in the name of Jesus. And the people of God said, why don't we all stand together as we come into a final song and we lift up this faithful one we've been singing about. If you're able to and not embarrassed, would you raise your hands with me? Let's begin to speak out thankfulness to the goodness and the greatness of the one that we serve. Lord, we bless you. We honor you. We thank you, Lord. You see us. You have us. Thank you, Lord. You don't sideline us, but you include us. Thank you. You take us from one degree of glory to another and from one season into a next. Thank you, Lord. You have a new day. And I speak, God, your life over us as a body community. Take us deeper into you. Take us further into everything you have. And let your name be honored in us and through us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.